Good afternoon, listeners. Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, recording in St. Louis, and calling in, as always, is Patrick Anderson from an undisclosed location in the San Francisco area. How's it going? Can't. Nobody's ever gonna know where it is. Yep, and that's the plan. In, in the in the whole San Francisco area. We don't know Even where you are. Even though I'm pretty sure I have my location on on my Twitter. So it's like, <laughs> at, uh, what is your Twitter? I'm at Will Brost. That's uh, pretty lame. At Patrick Anderson, but I spell, the, instead of S-O-N, I spell S-U-N, because that was the only way for me to get, like, my actual, like, a handle without any numbers. Oh, okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. So, at Will Brost, at, uh, at Patrick Anderson but with like a the U sun. like the sun right okay yeah. so yeah follow- you, know, you know what i'm talking about right yeah the sun. like sun like not like sun the like the the doom metal band but sun just like s-u-n like sun kill moon <laughs> <laughs> s-u-n as in sun kill moon yeah right <laughs> oh i guess the sun would work too yeah if you're referencing that <laughs> <laughs> all right so follow, follow us on twitter i didn't think we were doing a twitter plug but here we are <laughs> neither did i <laughs> that just happens <laughs> i love it um okay so we're doing we're doing another classic review we've been having fun doing these uh we did nick drake's pink moon earlier we did public enemies it takes a nation of millions um today we're going in another new direction uh per your recommendation <clears throat> this is normally the part of the podcast where i give an introduction to the band or the musical act that we'll be discussing this intro might be a little longer because we're not only doing a new band, we're c- covering a new genre for us in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. we, we tend to do more popular, straightforward genres. We do, you know, hip hop, pop, indie, you know, whatever. But this time we're discussing a post-rock record um, who, you know, listeners may or may not be familiar with post-rock and the, the musical acts that fall under that umbrella um post rock is it's an ex it's like an experimental approach to rock music it doesn't explore traditional song structures or typical rock chords or riffs or hooks post rock is more of an exploration into different styles and soundscapes and textures uh it's often instrumental It often blends rock instrumentation with instrumentation of other genres such as uh, ambient or drone, minimalist, IDM, uh, classical even, etc. The term post-rock is kind of nondescriptive in and of itself, which makes it kind of a controversial term for some people. Um, But when you mention the quote-unquote genre of post-rock, uh, music listeners understand that you're discussing bands such as uh, Sigaros, Explosions in the Sky, Mogwai, Slint, and recently Swans. Um, post-rock is relatively recent over the past you know, 20 to 30 years or so, but the ideas have kind of been um, explored initially by groups like The Velvet Underground or some of David Bowie's more experimental work. Um, today, we're discussing the classic second album from Montreal-based uh, post-rock band Godspeed You, Black Emperor. 
The album is titled Lift Your Skinny Fists Like Antennas to Heaven. That's a great title, in my opinion. Um, great title for a great uh, great named band, too. Great named band. Uh, interesting like artwork aesthetic, too. Uh, mm-hmm. They kind of have all that going. Um, if you type best post-rock albums into Google search, you'll see the album artwork for Skinny Fists immediately. Um, it's considered mm-hmm. an essential in the genre. So I'm new to this album, um, but Patrick has loved this record for a while. I guess we'll just start. What made you want to discuss this in particular? Um, I've been listening to a little bit more post-rock lately because I like to listen to like post-rock during the fall months. I don't know why. It's just, you know, just happens to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just looking through like, oh, essential post-rock records when we were designed to do a classic review. And this is like the obvious one. So that's basically what my thinking was. It wasn't really no, that complicated. That's a good one. And your, your seasonal thing is interesting because uh, this record was released October 9th of 2000. So it, it kind of was released in this time period, you know, 18 years ago now. So yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. This is more like a fall, um, yeah, like a, a fall autumnal record. I mean, this is the yeah. perfect time of year to listen to it introspective moody kind of like dark yeah right by the way your post-rock description was perfect well thank you that was really good thank you because there's so many different types of bands that fall under it but a lot of them share similar characteristics that we'll kind of dig into when we discuss this record Um, yeah i think i think the most important ones are godspeed you black emperor and uh seager row just because they mm-hmm. were sort of pioneers in the genre because like if right. you listen to anything beyond it like if you're listening to um well i guess slint kind of was too but if you're listening to like explosions in the sky is like a great example because i think they're one of the more popular post-rock bands mm-hmm. it's like and, and then you're listening to this record it's pretty clear like wow okay well this birthed exactly that right and recently you know i've listened to the glowing man by the swans in its entirety yeah and i've listened to parts of to be kind by swans and it's very clear that they took inspiration from this record um mm-hmm. it, and the, the way this record is structured you know I, th- this record has been on my list for a while of albums i've just needed to get to i've been kind of putting it off because when you look at the track list it's four songs um, and it's like 88 minutes. So on average, yep. it's like 22 minutes per song on average. It's just a daunting task for someone like me who is casually interested in post-rock, or at least going into this album. But because I ended up loving this album, I'm I'm excited to continue to dig into post-rock. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, I mean, this is one where we try not to tell each other our opinions going into the podcast but i i tried to like hold it back i think i just texted you dude and (laughs) i was like (laughs) i was like i I was like i'm listening to godspeed and then like an hour later i was like dude and (laughs) and that's pretty much all i've said but no this this is a fantastic fantastic record um yes my only main complaint the quote-unquote complaint is that I, you know, I'm not always in the mood for post-rock, but when I am, this is like exactly what I'm looking for when I, yeah. when I'm in that mood. So that doesn't take away from the album. It's just, it's, this is more mood music for me than just a casual, like, 
you know, hey, I'm driving to work. I'm going to throw on Godspeed. Like that's not really, <laughs> not really my thing. Yeah, you you might make it through one song. <laughs> that's the other thing. My commute's like 17 minutes or so. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'll listen to three movements of one track, I guess. So I don't know. Yeah, not a really not a great commuting album to <laughs> listen to. Is this is this your favorite post rock record? No, I think my favorite post rock record is um, uh, Agitis Bijron. I think yeah. is how you pronounce it. Something like by Cigarro. Right. With the yeah, fetus album my, cover. Yeah. Yeah, with the alien angel infant kind of or fetus looking cover. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's my I think that's my favorite um, post rock record. That uh, part of it has to do with I think that was like the first, my, basically my introduction into it, mm, mm-hmm. and then also just because it's like one of the more expansive. Like this, this record is it, it might be it might be my second favorite. This, I mean, it's it's definitely mm-hmm. up there, like top three. Um, but yeah, I think the the difference between this and like the Seeger Row record is like that one is just a little more expansive into the classical area, mm-hmm. and like there's a lot of magic behind it that's like super attractive. It's like and a, it makes it. It's to the point where like you can you can listen to that at like any point, and it's not you know. Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have to uh, to fall in line with some with a certain like oh it's fall and uh, listen to Seeger Row. Right, there's like a mystical nature about that record. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, the songs are a little more digestible. Like, the, the long songs on that album are, you know, like eight, nine minutes. So it's a, it's a little easier to take in. I think yeah. I think this <clears throat> might be my favorite post-rock record of the limited, you know, number of post-rock records I've listened to. But nice. going into this, I would have said Slint, Spiderland. Um, yeah, okay. But that's more... And I still might listen to that more than I listen to Godspeed just because of what I've been discussing prior to this. But um, this, I think, is a, a better made album than Spiderland is, I guess. Like, I'll be in the mood for Spiderland more than I'm in the mood for this. But I think overall, this is probably a better like musical testament or what have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that that idea and this spiderland record is or the slint record is more hardcore it's more of a post hardcore so godspeed this album kind of blends some of the hardcore uh like abrasive music mm-hmm. from slint with the more beautiful classical music from seager row in a way like it, it yeah good yeah 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 good way to describe that it's kind of my, my favorite aspect of this record is their their ability to balance traditionally beautiful instrumentation with like non-traditionally beautiful instrumentation like drones and shredding guitars uh, stuff like that but they blend that with strings and brass in a way that comes together to make something just really gorgeous and stunning to listen to yeah and one of the most attractive aspects of this too is just how like how much each track changes so like technically each track has parts to it you don't see that in the track listing or anything like that but there's it's very much set up like a like a classical piece would be where there's movements to it Mm -hmm. um but the way they like transition through them are so seamless that like it's just it, it, it's like enthralling and you it, it you can't like it's an it's a super long album but making it through this album is not really 
it doesn't feel exhausting to me at least it's like it's just exciting and uh it's engaging i mean it definitely takes some time but like it's not it's not anything like where you made it through you know almost two hours and you're like oh my god that was exhausting right yeah no that's a that's a good point to make with the with the movements these aren't necessarily songs like smaller songs within a larger song it's excuse me it's movements that contribute to like one grand experience like the Mm -hmm. boundaries on what is or is not a song doesn't really matter here it's just all cinematic it's it's this dynamic yeah the godspeed records right right exactly yeah so sorry uh sorry listeners my dad just tried to call me um so that's Bad, bad timing. On, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you know my dad. He's really into post rock. Yeah. Yeah. Do he's, they sound he's like the Eagles? With what we have to say. <laughs> right. He's like, what about? Uh, uh, you guys don't know the first thing about post rock. <laughs> what about Rod Stewart? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is um, um, no, this is just uh, gosh, I hate that my dad just tried to call. I, I forget what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it paused our recording and everything. I had to press play and, uh, you know. Oh, so, dang. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, okay. I, I, I was going to get more into, like, the specific songs, I suppose, I think, at this point. So, Storm, yeah. the side one, whatever you want to call it, side A, just the first song, Storm. The first part of it, yeah. Yeah, the fir- yeah right. Even the, the first part of the first track, Storm, which I think the first movement is titled after the album it's lift your skinny fists like antennas to heaven is the first mm-hmm. movement of the first song and that's i mean i was sold immediately uh, it's the most like breathtaking six and a half minutes to open a record that i've heard and like it, it, it comes in and lets you know like this is going to be a powerful beautiful album and you're going to love like every minute of it um just so much brass and strings and gradual builds uh, it's mm-hmm. it, i really couldn't imagine a better opener for this type of project <clears throat> yeah and that, yeah no what's that i'm sorry yeah <laughs> cut out for a second sorry yeah um no but not only that but then that movement transitions to like an even longer movement that sounds like a, a rendition of Amazing Grace, maybe, and then that transitions to like a spoken word, not even a spoken word, but like a field recording. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to process like this 22 minute track that has so many ups and downs, not in terms of quality, but in terms of like musical expression. And so that's why right. I, I think that's why it took me a while to even do this podcast. Because normally we try to do like a week after we first hear it. We try to get, you know, I think it's been a couple weeks since we first decided to do this record. Yeah, at least a week and a half, yeah. And we thought about doing it last weekend, but I was like, hey, can we move it to some other day? Because I'm still trying to digest everything that's happening here. Um, So this is a really detailed record. It's an expansive record. uh, And it's it rewards like patient listening as opposed to just understanding everything immediately yeah well and i think that like it's it, it's reward for patient listening is not even as uh inaccessible as a lot of other experimental post-rock records might be either which is another attractive quality 
because like the part part one through i mean basically this whole track there's some there's some abrasive moments on it but like take you know slint spider land there's a lot more like patient listening that you have to like kind of go through some really uncomfortable and weird Mm -hmm. uh weird stylistic choices with this it's like it's pretty clear it's pretty cinematic and it's just like obvious that this is just an expansive um piece of yeah an expansive cinematic beautiful piece of work um i think one of the most one of the parts that's like a little like subtly like oh like you can sit down and unpack it if you want to but you don't need to is the part three of this with the arco mini mart um Mm -hmm. kind of like (laughs) spoken word because it's like it comes up and you're like what the you know like why is this here but the, the words that they're saying is like, it's just a, a pre-recorded message that's basically like, um, oh, don't uh, don't give any money to people that offer to pump gas or solicit products or whatever and report these people, right? Like a pretty right. normal uh, field recording that you would hear at, at a gas station or a, or a grocery store or something like that. And you're like, oh, okay, that's weird. But it's cool because it's like it gives like this like social perspective in the middle of this like really grand beautiful album that's that's a really good point and that moment the i guess welcome to arco movement that's the first moment of the record that it added some darkness to the record uh the first uh-huh. two movements were more traditionally beautiful with a lot of strings and you know everything sounds lovely and then you get this field recording of you know just as you mentioned, just uh, I think they say we discourage any contact with these individuals. You're like, well, what's mm-hmm. this doing on this, you know, otherwise gorgeous, traditionally gorgeous song? And then you get into the rest of the record and it becomes more or it becomes darker in some points and like even apocalyptic in some points. Um, so yeah. it's it's this again, it's this balance of uh, darkness uh, versus, you know, beauty. And not only beauty, but like traditional beauty versus a more abrasive approach to beauty. Uh, it, it's they, it, their decisions are always interesting, um, especially with these field recordings and these spoken word moments. Because I'm still trying yeah. to understand and unpack why some of them were included. Um, I don't know. That's the the one thing I'm still really trying to dig into is these inclusions of these shorter movements that are mostly yeah, field recording. It- yeah. So I think I think I think that one of the most obvious um, one the, the the most obvious uh, instance of this is like is on the track sleep or sorry static, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where there's this. It's basically the entire track um, is a spoken word. Uh, sounds like a prophet, like on in the street kind of guy, um, who is really passionately. Um, preaching about God breaking through to um, the other side of existence and being becoming one with God and like and um, and you know talking about talking about that inspiration and divine intervention and things like that but it's and it's you know something that you might hear like from like an evangelical person on the street that's preaching like gloom and doom right 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 like uh, like has those signs that are like you know the apocalypse is coming blah 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 that kind of thing and but it's like and the instrumentation behind it is like really creepy but it's 
really beautiful at the same time. Yeah. So, and the choice of putting that in the middle of this is so like jarring and it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's really like, it's really intense, the kind of stuff that he's saying. Um, so that's like, I think that's the most interesting and probably hard to unpack reasoning behind why they put that in there. Yeah. But my, like my thought behind this is like, and the same thing with like the Arco and, um, like my thoughts behind that and, and just, and the Coney Island guy and things like that is this <laughs> just basically like they're taking, um, extreme uh, views of like what society can is like and like they're just like picking like little things here and there of like what uh, what society is like and they're just throwing them into this like cinematic record to kind of paint like a picture of like where they're at in the world i guess that's that's a really interesting way to look at that and i i think the uh to your point i think another good example of that is the guy who sings in like an acoustic song at the beginning of the last track where mm-hmm. it, yeah. it's like about a baby, but it's also, it's kind of like a messed up tale about a baby. He's singing like, yeah, kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like pretty <laughs> fucked up. I wrote down one of the lyrics, but he's like, if the, yeah, every time the baby cries, stick my finger in the baby's eyes or something like that. Like it is, it is odd, yeah. but I think it adds. Not okay. Yeah. Right. I, I think it, it adds to your point of just, taking a lot of social snapshots and kind of putting them all in this one album. Um, yeah, I, and, and they're all, like, a little bit... There's a little bit of, like, this, like, either sadness or just twistedness to it or, like... Yeah. You know, there's a lot of just really interesting, like, just the, the choices of what the words that they choose to record from these people. There's a lot of... It's, it's interesting, and... Um, I can see like why this is this album is definitely something that people would spend days and days unpacking, and you might come to a conclusion that's like way far off from where maybe they want you to be at. <laughs> right, right. But it, th- that's what makes this album so interesting is that it actually it it does cause that that uh, matter of thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, I wish I was that uh, this creative to think to record something out in the field as some sort of statement on society or something like that's just a a creative move in and of itself and then the execution i think is well done as well it's cool and it's something that like you hear in records i don't i mean i don't think it's that uncommon like right we hear it in like the frank ocean record even right of Mm -hmm. of a couple years ago and uh Tyler the creator had it in his album last year but like death grips too you know <laughs> yeah, Tetris too. Right. <laughs> you know, like same other exact, yeah, same thing. <laughs> like other normal bands like Death Grips. Yeah, they'll they're right. Um I'm gl- um, I, I was gonna say I'm glad you're you pointed out the one in static specifically, because that uh-huh. that's an example of one static is my favorite song on this record. Uh, which I, I oh interesting. I don't even know what like the popular choice is. Again, I going into it, I don't really know like what the reception is song by song. But Static was my favorite because every movement, uh, and I'm sure it's like this on the other songs as well. But it, it was easy to easier to understand the purpose of each movement on this particular track for me. Um, I think Static is it's like an apocalyptic tale where you have that field recording of the, the doom and gloom prophet preacher. Um, and that's the, the other thing about that 
move uh, that uh, excuse me that field recording is it starts off as like a normal sermon and then not only does the instrumentation get eerier but his voice becomes more warped as the uh-huh. field recording goes and so you're like uh oh where is this going it, it's like this doom and gloom message transitions to this really powerful movement called world police and friendly fire which is maybe my favorite movement on the entire record and then that transitions to a really peaceful ambient quiet movement called the buildings they are sleeping yeah. now and so i think the the story that song is trying to tell is this uh this prophet or, or whoever is warning us of the apocalypse the apocalypse and the rapture happens and then we're given a soundscape of what's remaining, which is essentially nothing. Ooh, I like that idea. So I think that's where they may have been going with it. That's how I interpreted it. But okay. I just thought it was it was a 22-minute song that basically told the story of the apocalypse with the only words being used are the ones in that sermon. So it was just... They, I, I like that idea. Th- th- them uh, being able to build that story just off of great instrumentation and a, a random field recording of a doom and gloom preacher, that's impressive uh, from a creative yeah. standpoint. So that's that's what I got out of that, and that's why that's my favorite track on here. There is no bad track on here, or really any bad movement on here. But I don't think that any... I don't know if there's like a thing of like, what, you like that track and not <laughs> Storm? Or like, yeah, I don't, it's like right. there's only four tracks on here. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> right. And they're all like, and they all have um, such distinct characteristics behind them that it's like, yeah, it's hard to like be like, oh, that's my favorite track, like for sure. Right. But what's your what's your favorite uh, one? I think that I mean, Static is like a really. I think that that's like the one that strikes me the most at first too, mm-hmm. because it's it is it does have this like it's just like this pervasive message that just keeps going. And it's like fucking scary to hear, mm-hmm. and and you hear and 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 the instrumentation behind it, and the mood and everything is so well done. Um, but I think that the opening track is is yeah. uh, still my favorite, just because like it encapsulates it encapsulates the thematics of the entire album um, so well in in the uh, like I think eighteen minutes. Um, that it runs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah i I think that overall that's i think that that's the best part of the album is the is the introduction but yeah i mean like it's hard to like pick a favorite part of the of the record right i mean it's it's one of those like you can pick your favorite scene out of a movie but that in it of itself doesn't really tell the whole story like the you can have your favorite tracks on here but it's really just listen to beginning to end and it's a more holistic experience than just a maybe a traditional yeah. record where it's like, oh, this is my favorite song because it slaps the hardest, or you know, that's not really this yeah. type of record, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's pretty typical with uh, with post rock records in general because mm-hmm. everything is like kind of supposed to fit one overall holistic theme. It's not, you know, it's not like, yeah right singles like there's no like oh there's two singles here on this album and then there's a couple other yeah it's you know i mean that's pretty typical right what do you think about um the the term post-rock like as a as a genre like do you think that's you think there's a better way to describe it maybe or um yeah i was actually gonna comment on that after you 
uh, we're talking about it. So, like, my idea of what post-rock means is, like, basically, like, the deconstruction of rock music. Mm. So it's, like, post-rock, right? Like, rock happened, and this is, like, the aftermath of it. This is us, like picking it apart and being like oh okay what was rock music Mm. let's 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 explore what it was and what it can be you know that's that's like 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 you like oh you discovered this thing like a hundred years after it was um actually a thing and now you're picking it apart and trying to figure out what it is that's like that's what i get from post-rock so like with that idea in mind i think that that's a perfect way to name it i i really like that interpretation i think i'm going to start adopting that as well yeah just kind of like here was a period of time of music it was rock this is rock music okay well you know what what exactly is rock music we all agree that this music is rock music but what elements of it make it rock music it kind of reminds me of um i wish i could remember the artist's name but there's this artist who went to like an art show and he submitted a urinal as his artistic piece oh yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. at first you're like oh well this isn't art but then it the purpose of it was to kind of ask the questions of okay well why isn't it art or what makes it art or what what can be art and i think right, right. post rock is kind of the answer to that it's like well why can't this be considered rock music or you know, something like that. Maybe I'm getting too philosophical with it, but that, I kind of no. Like- that makes sense because that 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 whole uh, piece is like is is the modern art thing. And then people ask like, oh, what does modern art mean? It's like, well, it's the modern interpretation of what art can mean. Right. So and this so is it's like yeah, yeah. This is more specific, obviously, because it's not like oh, modern music. That doesn't really mean anything. Right. And that and, just means what's you know, music. currently being put out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good, yeah. It's modern. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's well, that? We should start referring to things. This is a modern music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like the biggest qualifier ever. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, because, um, shoot, what was I going to say with this? Oh, yeah. With, with post rock, it's like they're each group that it falls under this umbrella is not they're all taking influences from rock but they're doing their own thing with it whereas Mm -hmm. you know as we mentioned earlier slint kind of takes a more abrasive hardcore approach to it whereas sigaro takes a more classical approach to it godspeed somewhere in the middle plus throw in some drone and swans is like straight drone sometimes so yeah everyone to closer to like uh like hardcore like metal and too also yeah that too that too so yeah it's 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 a really interesting like umbrella genre uh, it, it's it feels weird calling it a genre still but i at least understand i think what people mean now when they say post-rock so yeah yeah i i definitely understand like the confusion with like that like what what it means though because you first hear that you're like what does that even mean that's like <laughs> yeah it's like uh so after rock uh okay yeah like okay yeah <laughs> rock's still around you know yeah rock rock, rock isn't dead all these pretentious music critics they just want to say <laughs> rock is dead and 
they want to tell us how good Beyonce is, but Rocket, like, have you, <laughs> yeah. have you listened to Greta Van Fleet or Foo Fight? Like, have you? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was a pretty good straw man by me there. Um, there you go. <laughs> are there any... That's the, that's the only reason we wanted to do this podcast, <laughs> so that we could hear that. Well, Lord knows we're not doing a Greta Van Fleet podcast. Um, do, <laughs> do, are there any, like weaknesses that you can think of with this album no it because it's it's pretty uh, damn good <laughs> yeah it's pretty fucking good it, the, the thing is like it's hard to criticize this record because i think that it perfectly goes after exactly what it meant to be right and the thing is and that's like a hard thing with critiquing post-rock in general because like you know it's so interpretive that people can be like well I, you just didn't understand the message right but, like, sometimes the message that people are going after with post-rock is kind of fucking cheesy. Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't it doesn't feel original. Or, you know, like, things like that. Like, any, basically any basic things that you would critique any other album for. Except for with post-rock, there's a lot more abstractness where you could justify things. But with this record, it feels... Uh, this is, like, probably one of the most distinct, like, top three most distinct... Uh, post-rock records and maybe records that i've ever heard so it's like it it perfectly goes after whatever concept it was trying to accomplish um there's not really anything on here where i'm like oh i've heard that before oh i get what you're trying to do here there's a lot of just like what the fuck is going on but it's like it's wrapped up in this package that's like it doesn't it's it doesn't like uh polarize I don't think it's like that polarizing of an album, honestly. I don't think so. I expected this to be a lot less accessible than it ended up being. And I don't know if that's because I'm now at a point where I've listened to a bunch of different genres. um, And I I have more experience with stuff that is considered abrasive or or what have you. Like Death Grips is one of my favorite bands. So like, why can't I listen to Godspeed? I I still think if you were to show this to someone who's more into you know radio music or what have you they, they might be turned off by this um initially at least yeah but there's definitely a there's definitely like there's so much beauty behind this i definitely think that anybody like giving it an honest shot would be at least be able to recognize like wow there's a lot of really cool themes going on here this is cool um maybe not like the spoken word stuff would be my i don't know right Right. This is a but, um, this is a like yeah. it's a musician's album, whereas a lot of yeah albums, for sure right. Like if you're a musician or you're into uh, elements of I guess music theory or what have you, or if you're a musician yourself, I, I think there's a lot to take away from this album in that regard. Outside of just a a traditional um, uh, uh, entertaining experience. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a really good way to, to describe it as a, as a musician's album. On their their uh, their old band name used to be F sharp a F sharp plus A sharp, and then like the exponential sign, but the exponential sign was infinity. So like, <laughs> is that their is that their first album, or is that? Uh, I think I think yeah, I think that that was like their first, but it was a self title. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. What that is. Yeah, and then but they, I know that, that yeah, they're such a weird. Oh wait, wait, yeah, yeah, no, that was their that was their debut album. That's right. They have a bunch of F weird... sharp, A sharp, Infinity. So it's like, yeah, well, that should tell you this is pretty much a musicians, right? Uh, they're they're musicians, musicians. <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> that's that's a good point. I didn't even think of it that way. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to call it a, a weakness per se. Because um, I, I like your point that you made about Godspeed did, they did exactly what they intended to do with this record. And sometimes when I'm when I'm thinking about my enjoyment of a record, I'm not always considering that perspective. I'm usually just considering, well, did I enjoy it? Um, right. The last song on here is not bad. It's good, but I do. It, it, there's something about me that like, if my least favorite track on a record is the last song, that, that kind of leaves just a slight sourness to it. Um, mm, okay. So the yeah. the whole antennas to heaven, it's it's very good. I loved the uh, the, the sun baked guitars that come in halfway through. I love the uh, about five minutes in. I think there's like an abrupt burst of energy. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. I think in comparison to the other three tracks on here, uh, there just isn't as much going on, and I can't build as much of a narrative with this song. So maybe I just don't understand yet what they're going for here, um, or maybe I'm yeah, not... you don't get it, man. Yeah, right. Or, <laughs> right. or I'm not appreciating the more subtler moments on this song, because I think this song probably has the more, most ambient moments of any on here. Um, so maybe it's yeah. just that aspect of it that I'm not fully into the the ambient moments here. Um, but that's I, I, and again, I don't want to call it a weakness of the album because it's still it's a good closer. It just happens to be my least favorite of the songs here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get I get that. I kind of um, understand that that would be because it's it definitely is a kind of a departure from the rest of the album in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because but there's a there's because there's a lot of really weird elements to it that aren't really included at any point in the other parts of the album. Um, right. But I actually like really really like this track, okay. and I love it as a closer because there's so much just bizarreness going on with it that it kind of leaves you. It leaves me like with a really uncomfortable feeling yes. towards the end. Yes. And. Um, and I think that that's really cool because you go into this album and when you're going into this album, it's really inviting and it's really, uh, it's beautiful. It's expansive. It's exciting. Um, and you're leaving this album with this like kind of like weird, like what the fuck just happened kind of, uh, feeling. Right. Um, and I think that that's really cool. I mean, that alone doesn't make it like a good track, but I think that they really did a good job of, um, kind of exiting on a note that's not so sweet, um, and, and and it makes you like kind of question like, fuck, what 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 was that that I just listened to? Because like mm-hmm. leaving on like a pretty track is kind of like a normal thing to do, right? Right, right. And you're like, oh, that was satisfying, that was nice. But this leaves you like, uh, I'm not very happy with how this. And I kind of like that. I like how they did that. Yeah, um, with on, the- on that. That's a real. That's a really good point. Because as dystopian and apocalyptic as this record can be, you probably want to end with that mindset and that feeling, as opposed to something like Sleep, which kind of leaves you on a happy note. Um, right. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, this. So this is my introduction to this album, but it's not my introduction to the band. Last year, oh, I totally. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I totally. I just now remembered this. 
they released. I totally forgot about <laughs> And that says a lot about the album. They released, uh, what is it, Luciferian Towers or something like that last year? Yeah. And it, there was something, that was my first Godspeed album, unfortunately. And I, I didn't know why at the time, but it just wasn't clicking with me. But now that I've heard a great Godspeed album, I think I get the difference is that Luciferian Towers isn't as focused or as dynamic it sounds like an imitation of a band trying to do a post-rock album it's just it ended up being very bland and drab uh, boring um whereas this Mm -hmm. record has a ton of ideas uh, a ton of variety placed in a way that makes sense and it has like a clear vision behind the album and those are things i think that luciferian towers did not have um so it it, it kind of this album reminded me like what a good post-rock record should sound like and also um what a uh, what i don't like about not so good post-rock albums yeah that's a that's, that that is a good point I, i'm glad that you brought up that because I, I totally forgot about luciferian I, towers honestly i literally just remembered it now i'm like i've definitely heard godspeed before somewhere and i was like oh yeah, yeah. right that album from like literally last year <laughs> <laughs> didn't make either of our top 50s i'm pretty sure so nope yeah <laughs> no um yeah that, that's a good point and that's uh that that is a thing with a lot of post rock is that like you can get kind of, with a lot of like not like decent to not great post rock is like you can get trapped in this i this idea of like oh uh, this worked for me before let me and I think that that's like common but with experimental music like I think you're more a, a, like a, to like hearing that you're like uh, no this is I've heard this like before this isn't very mm. original mm-hmm. right and that's what's interesting about it is that like. I feel like with post-rock and ambient and the like ab- sort of abstract uh, genres, you're more like tuned into like an artist's focus and themes and like really like, like trying to capture like, okay, what was, what is the concept behind it? And I think that's what's so cool is like, I'm, I'm better. I feel like I'm better now at like interpreting um, a good, ambient post-rock whatever record that i am um from like other music sometimes i that's that's i agree with that and it's important i think to recognize what makes something good or not so good in your opinion in a particular genre because it kind of reminds you what you like about music or what you right or what you don't like about music that doesn't resonate with you with this album, I'm thankful because it kind of reminded me that it's important to just sit back and kind of take in an album as an experience sometimes, as opposed to just pressing play while you're at the gym and just kind of passively listening. But this is the kind of record that I, li- I like to throw it on and literally just lay down and not do anything else other than just kind of let myself be overwhelmed by this album. Yeah. So that's nice. that's kind of what I take away from this. It, it it reminded me of a different way to approach listening to music. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that you really wanted to get into before final thoughts? Um, 
Hmm. Well, let's talk about sleep just for a second, because oh, yeah, we haven't talked. We haven't talked about sleep yet. Yeah, we might as well since we talked about like the other three tracks on it. Yeah. I what this is like. I think kind of one of the more overlooked. Hmm. Well, I mean, there's only again, there's only four <laughs> tracks, but I think it's easy to talk about storm and static mm. um, before anything else. And this, I, I really, um, this one's like so touching. Yes. This track, and it's like the the uh, the spoken word that they chose to put on here is basically just this old man was talking about Coney Island and how it's changed, which is like, and he's like, kind of like, I don't really like how, how this changed. We used to do this and it was so much better, but this isn't, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's a, that's a pretty common sentiment to hear from like an older person about like, oh, this isn't the same, but like you can hear like so much emotion behind his voice and it's this really simple, just like random recording. It sounds like they just like picked it up off of like, I, I don't even know. So I'm like, they're just like asking, hey, what do you think about Coney Island? And then he just went on a tangent. Um, but, and, but, and then it goes um, after that into just some really beautiful instrumentation. And it's like such a cool like idea about like memory. Yes. And like, like how like you can like hear that this guy, like he's just holding on to memories and and like how he's like reflecting on the world now um it's like pretty intense actually like whenever like like listening to it now and looking at it from that perspective yeah that's it i I hadn't even thought of that perspective like that i kind of thought when i heard that uh field recording you know i got the same uh, sentiment that you did where it's kind of a just you know old man get off my lawn kind of thing what's it old man yells at cloud kind of thing Uh, right yeah but it's a it's a sentiment that can be generalized about you know maybe just the world isn't what it used to be and it kind of with that interpretation it kind of fits again into this apocalyptic theme or motif that's kind of going on uh in this record so that's one way i looked at it but the instrumentation on here as you mentioned is just it's gorgeous um this might be the most traditionally gorgeous song on here um if you were to show this to someone this album to someone who's like really into classical you might show them the first part of storm or this song um Mm -hmm. there's i mean just strings galore on here uh horns which i wish this album had more horns i always wish an album has more horns on it just as a rule of thumb but especially here um there's this beautiful i think it only lasts for like a minute and a half but it's this it's this tense undercurrent paired with like a chime um yeah or what sounds like a chime that's just a a beautiful moment um I, i don't think it's its own movement but it's it's a great even when you're looking at just a moment there's part uh, excuse me just a movement there's parts within the movement that kind of separate themselves as good moments as well um yeah that yeah. chime to me is actually like i think a pretty important like instrumental moment too because this is all about um i i interpret this all about as all, all about memory Okay. Yeah. And, all right, of, right. And, and like basically just reflection on your life, right? This is that's what this this track is to me. Okay. Um, and right. so that chime to me kind of like 
shows that like when this person is reflecting on his memories, those like shining little moments paired with like mm. this really dark uh, drones going on mm. that like he feels so upset about how things are now, but it's like those memories are like what keeps him going. Right, right. And, like the chime kind of represents that to me. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. Or sometimes it's like the the chime. Your good memories are only kind of like a blip, but sometimes the, your darker memories have this more like powerful, tense undercurrent to them. Yeah, that's a good point too. It may be yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's that's the thing about instrumental records is that they let you kind of gain your own interpretation from them, and it's that's what's partially great about this record. Um, yeah, sleep is sleep is dope. I put a. I put a star next to every song on here, I guess, except for the last song, but that's a good song too. So this is a near perfect album to me. It's, yeah. it's damn great. Yeah. Yeah. This album is really significant. I think I'm going to so. listen to, you know, whether it's F sharp or, uh, what's the other one? Alleluia. Don't bend ascend. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely coming back to this band sooner rather than later. Uh, for sure. Yes. Yes. See, yeah. Uh, uh, this is one of your most successful recommendations, I think, that you've had. Dang, I nice. know. I was going to say, this is very well. And I used to have this this giant list of just stuff I've needed to get to. It's a list I've since deleted because it just got too overwhelming. But <laughs> toward the top, or the, one of the earliest entries in my list was this record. And for reasons that, I'll kinda, or that I've kind of mentioned already, like I just haven't gotten around to it. But yeah, it's a pretty daunting task looking at it because it's like, oh my god, four songs, eighty-eight minutes. This is going to be ridiculous. But it's like, it's so worth it. Right. It is. It is worth it. Every payoff here is worth the build-up to it, um, and the yeah. build-ups themselves are some of the best parts of the entire record. So for sure, they uh, they're they're one of the best groups I think at creating creating and changing thematics through their build-ups because their build-ups are super interesting like they're not you know they don't just right. kick back and like kind of like slowly let like time kind of take it into a new place like some post-rock bands like to do they they like like actually go after it and they're like you know they're like really pushing something forward into a new theme which is so cool to hear right oh yeah no I, absolutely i haven't heard of group like i mentioned swans kind of takes an uh influence or at least later swans records yeah. take influence from them but i haven't i mean that's only influence i don't think there there's a band that i've heard that it, that yeah sounds like this but also if they do sound like this they're not reaching the level of execution that's on this record um, yeah this is excellent excellent like a master class in uh how you make post-rock music basically yep Yep, it deserves every like essential listing, and the fact that you know everyone calls this one of the best post rock records, it it deserves that. So, um, yeah, my my final thoughts are kind of brief. Um, I might just get into them here. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into specific musical opinions because um, I've kind of covered that, but. You know, I, it, essentially, I, I put off this record initially because the uh, the listening experience seemed like it would be um, intimidating. Um, four songs, 90 minutes, and I look at the genre, and it's like experimental post-rock drone, which, you know, none of that <laughs> appealed to me at the time. Um, that's a big commitment. 
Um, but I'm glad you recommended this uh, topic because, you know, I was finally forced to confront my fear or my intimidation. Um, so now, uh, granted, this is still a record that I'll probably only throw on if I'm in the mood for it. But if I'm in the mood for it, this is probably the, the go-to record I'm going to throw on. Um, it's gorgeous. It's unsettling. It rewards patience. And maybe better than any album I've heard, it it appeals to my one of my favorite characteristics of music that I like, and it's those slow, gradual buildups that have this great climax after it. And this record, I think, does it better than any of any album I've heard, probably. Um, so it's just I don't have much to say outside of what I've already said during the bulk of this podcast, but I just want to thank you for picking this one uh, for our classic review. Uh, it's it's a nice. damn, yeah it's a, it's a damn good record, and I'll, I'll I'm glad that I'm glad that you liked it so much. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean it is it is fantastic, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Its Metacritic is 84, which seems maybe a little low given this is one of the most celebrated post-rock records um yeah it seems definitely low to me but, but like i don't the, know the, yeah like pitchfork gave it a nine the, the acts that you expect or the excuse me the publications that you expect to give it like perfect scores are you know the, the ones that are giving it the perfect scores like more of the mainstream publications were a little lower on this one but you know it is yeah. it, i'm not even seeing a rolling stone score and that's probably for the best um yeah <laughs> doesn't sound like bob dylan two out of ten <laughs> there's only like a couple minutes of acoustic guitar on this <laughs> post rock what's wrong with regular rock one out of ten yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's that's my thoughts really um nice i'm glad that you i'm glad that you got so much out of it that's that makes me that makes me happy good good so yeah uh, this i mean it's it's deserves i think more so than most records i've gone back to to listen to this one especially in the indie crowd because this is like for sure like indie heads like um mm-hmm. mount rushmore kind of thing right 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 or show that album cover to anybody that's like within the circle of um of post-rock indie music like that kind of thing they're like oh yeah yeah right we know what that is right. yeah um, and so, and sometimes with that, it's like, I get a little like underwhelmed with, um, mm, mm-hmm. with records cause they, they get so much praise and hype and, um, love behind them. But this one, like maybe more so than almost any of those records is like well deserving of, of every accolade that it, that it gets. It's like, yeah, I, it, this is one of the most distinct records out there. Um, yeah, and it, it, and it's, it's, it's pretty far ahead of its time because this is released in 2000 and it still has such relevancy in the music world today mm-hmm. and a lot of influence too. So yeah, the, I mean, I, yeah, I love this project. I mean, there's not much else for me to say about it. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that is the fact that like what you just mentioned, this holds up incredibly well. This doesn't sound like an old record it sounds right. like it could come out you know today i mean it has yeah that's what yeah that's what's kind of crazy about it and that's what's you know cool about the post-rock genre in general is that there's a lot of timelessness to it right but you know i mean with good post-rock but like mm-hmm. um i don't know I, I guess that that's that's true with like 
any genre but like we've also talked about like with hip-hop especially how it can become so dated right right you can um, pinpoint what year or what f- general time frame those albums came out a lot of the time yeah exactly and the cool thing with this is like with these genres ambient post-rock like those genres is like they just kind of like if they're really capturing like this does what they're supposed to capture and like really setting kind of a landmark they're gonna sit there forever right right unless you know the history of post-rock you probably don't know that this came out (laughs) in the early 2000s and late 90s you know like the the peak of post-rock is kind of the late 90s but unless you knew that i would have had no idea this came out in 2000 i mean i could have guessed anything from like I don't even know. I mean, this is just, this is a I could have guessed last year. This, this album is not, you know, it's, right. and it's, it's incredibly well produced too. There's nothing that dates it in, in terms of production either, as far as I can tell. Right. That, yeah, it, I agreed. I'm not an expert in that, but there's nothing that's too clear. It's not like a mono recording or anything like that. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think maybe, uh, yeah, man, this is, this is a timeless record. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Um, no, this is a it's a fantastic record, uh, and I think that's that's about it. That's our thoughts on Godspeed You. It, so okay, so the explanation point is after you. So is it like yeah, Godspeed You, Black Emperor, or is it yeah? That's that's always like been like reading that in my head has always been the most awkward thing. <laughs> like because it's like I'm here like Godspeed You, and then this guy whispering like Black Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Whereas I'm naturally just like Godspeed You, Black Emperor. Or sometimes yeah. I say just Godspeed. As it turns out, that's also that's a separate band. Like Godspeed. Is yeah, separate- no, yeah, Godspeed. We're not actually talking about Godspeed. <laughs> we're, yeah, right, we're talking about. And then I see like G-Y-B-E sometimes, but that's just a clunker to say. So I don't know. So I say Godspeed with the caveat that I'm not actually talking about the band Godspeed. I'm talking about the band yeah. <laughs> Godspeed You, Black Emperor, also known as Godspeed You, Black Emperor. So it's tough. I mean, I'm not sure what to do with it. And with this album, do I say lift your skinny fists? Or do I just, I've been saying skinny fists? Or do I just say the whole thing? I, I'm not even sure. I usually say lift your skinny fists. That's, that's probably for the best. Yeah. That's kind of like a, it takes a nation of millions. You just kind of take the first half of it and, right yeah yeah exactly yeah but i saw someone said just skinny fists and i'm like i kind of like that too so i'm gonna start saying that, that. is kind of yeah that's kind of nice yeah yeah I've, or how about just antennas <laughs> just antenna. no, fist like you know I, yeah, you just right. break it off just, at the take, mo- <laughs> just take like lift like to heaven <laughs> lift dot 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 to dot dot heaven <laughs> you know what we're talking about <laughs> right I actually might do that on our podcast title. I'm not sure how I'm going to... I'm going to have to abbreviate this somehow, but um, I'm not sure. Anyway, that's our that's our thoughts on Godspeed You, Black Emperor. That's our thoughts on Lift yeah. Your Skinny Fist Like in Tennis to Heaven. That's our thoughts so, on post-rock for now. Um, yeah. So from both of us, yes. go check this album out if you haven't heard it. Yes, yes. I don't, I don't rate classic albums, but it gets a 9 from me. So there you go. Yeah, this is damn near a 10. Like, it's pretty good. Da- I mean, it's yeah, me. it yeah. could be a 10. I just need more time with it. But yeah, it's a clear nine at minimum. I mean, this is damn good. So, yeah. So there you go. Go listen to Godspeed now that you've listened to this podcast, which is surely more daunting than that album is. So 
It's a little bit longer too. The podcast is. And this is the one time where the the album is actually longer than our podcast. So there you go. All right. uh, Thanks for joining me, Pat. And um, oh yes, yeah. And always, always fun. I'm glad that you liked this record so much. Thank you for the recommendation. Um, Hopefully, you guys take our recommendations. And thank you for listening. Until next time, signing off under the scope. Bye bye.